If we haven't met, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Impact Rock Church. Uh, my wife is hiding in the back over there somewhere. Our, our lead pastors are Mark and Kara Harper, and they actually had the opportunity to head out to Tennessee this weekend. Um, Kara's sister is having a birthday, and they're celebrating, and uh, they got to spend a little time with Chris and Sarah Herman. So for those of you that know the Hermans, the Hermans say hello, and the Harpers send their love, and they'll be back next week. Um, I wanted to take a second to reiterate what was said about the announcements uh, for the vision service. It's Sunday, March 17th, and we're just asking that everyone that calls Impact Rock home would prioritize that day and try to be here. We just want to cast vision and share what the Lord is doing and and kind of the direction that he's taking us, things that um, we want to accomplish in this year and just get everyone on the same page with that. So uh, please make that, that day a priority. I mean, all the days. And Easter. Come to Easter, too. That's important. Um, before we get started, uh, I'd like to pray over the offering and the service. Uh, generosity is one of the core values that we have here at Impact Rock Church because we serve a generous God, and we see um, in everything that he does, he is generous with himself. Um, and so we just want to follow his lead. We just want to be generous as well with not only our finances, but our talents, our time, uh, just everything that God gives to us. Uh, so we try to make it easy. There should be a QR code in the top left of that graphic there. There's a box in the foyer in front of the bear painting. There's also a small QR code on the front of that box. You can drop a check in. We take Apple Pay. We don't take Bitcoin. But aside from that, we, we take pretty much everything else, and we try to make it easy. Um, so I just want to pray over the offering and the service. Father, we just thank you uh, for your generosity, for your goodness, and for your faithfulness, Lord. And just as an act of faith, we return back to you the tithe to just demonstrate our faith and trust in you and acknowledging you as provider. Lord, you are our source of everything, of every breath that we have, of everything that we have. Um, So, Lord, we just give back to you today. And we ask that you would just bless every giver and uh, multiply what is given to just impact your kingdom and forward your kingdom, Lord. And, Father, I just pray over the service. I set aside all of my preparation, my notes, my planning, um, my thoughts, Lord, and I just submit it all to you right now. I lay it at your feet, and I ask that you would just use it, that you would speak what you want to speak through me, this imperfect vessel, um, to just fulfill your plans and purposes, Lord. I just surrender it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been in a series for quite a while now called Hearing from God, and we've been using the book Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God as a reference throughout our series. And uh, we still want just let us know after the service and we'll get one for us. A desire to be able to hear from God more clearly. Uh, to experience God and to do his, his will, we have to know what his will is. And to know what his will is, we need to know that he's speaking to us, and we need to be able to understand what he's saying and and, and take action on that. And if we don't know what he's saying, well, it's kind of hard to do what he's asked of us, right? And there's direction in his word, and he's, he tells us things directly from his word, but he also speaks. He's a living God. So today, I want to discuss some of the many ways that God speaks, and I'd like to start by looking at some of the ways that he spoke in the Old Testament. In Genesis 16 we see that God speaks through angels. So Abram and Sarah, which later, or Abraham and Sarah, were trying to have children, but they weren't having any luck. So Sarah told Abram to lay with her maid Hagar, 
But when Hagar had become pregnant, Sarah got jealous and treated Hagar poorly. So God sent an angel to speak to her. In Genesis 16, 7-11, it says this, Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to shore. He said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing the from the presence of my mistress, Sari. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. So we see that God speaks through angels. Now, usually when angels show up on the scene and they're going to speak to somebody, they start with fear not, because apparently most people freak out when angels show up. Now, in this case, that wasn't, didn't happen. Maybe Hagar was just happy to speak to somebody that wasn't being mean to her, um, somebody that, that told her that the Lord saw her trouble and cared for her and assured her future. Um, but she wasn't freaked out. I don't know. It's, but we see that he speaks through angels. Now, in Genesis 15, we see that God speaks in visions. Genesis 15, 1 through 5 says this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall be your descendants. So here we see God speaking in visions. A vision being like a dream when you're awake. A daydream, if you will. Or you can just call it a vision. That's what the word calls it. Now, I think this is cool because this happens before the events of Hagar. And God is sharing the promise of Isaac to Abram. Now, God also speaks in dreams when you're awake or when you're asleep. Like night visions. Okay, you can call them dreams, I guess. We see an example of this in Genesis 28 with Jacob's ladder. Debbie, if you can bring up that picture, please. No, 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 no. That's not it. That's the 1990s horror film, Jacob's Ladder. That's, no, that's not the other one. No, 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 that's the 2019 remake of the horror film. Not that, we're talking like old, way older, like Old Testament old. Yeah, there we go. There's Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, that's what we were after. All right, so in Genesis 28, it says, Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. Now I have to interject here. Rocks don't make good pillows. I'm just going to say. And yet somehow he managed to sleep. I couldn't do it, but anyway, I digress. So he had a dream. And behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. 
And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants. So here we see God speaking in dreams. So how else does he speak? Lots of ways. Sometimes it's in a gentle whisper, as with Elijah. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 14 says, So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Then he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life away. So sometimes God speaks in a gentle whisper. Guys, there are so many ways, so many ways that God speaks. We see so many examples throughout Scripture. In addition to these, we see he speaks through symbolic actions in Jeremiah 18. We see that he speaks through miraculous signs and plagues in Egypt in Exodus 8. We see that he spoke through a burning bush to Moses in Exodus 3 and 4. We see that he spoke through a donkey in Numbers 22. The list goes on and on. God speaks in so many ways. Now, the importance here is not so much on how he speaks, but that he does speak to his people. He spoke then and he speaks now. Jesus isn't a formulaic God. There's not a set way that he always does things. With Jesus and the the miracles that he performed, there were many that were one-off things that were unique. When he speaks... It's, it's sometimes unique to the individual. The way he speaks with me may look different than how he speaks to you, or it could look the same as well. The common thread in all of these Old Testament examples is that in each one the communication was unique. The person knew that God was speaking. The person knew what God said, and they acknowledged that they had an encounter with God. We can use Moses' encounter with God speaking through the burning bush as an example. So Moses had no precedent of this. He wasn't like, oh, that bush is talking again. God has something to say. That was the first and only time that God had spoken to him in that way. It was unique. Moses knew that it was God that was speaking to him. He understood what God said. And he acknowledged that he had an encounter with God. He didn't walk away saying, oh, what a nice bush. A little chatty, but, you know, nice. These are all examples of how God spoke in the Old Testament. But what about today? How does God speak to us today? Still in many different ways, but but through Jesus. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says this. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, He has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, 
through whom also he made the world. He speaks to us through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit and through relationship. God doesn't do things formulaically because he doesn't want us to trust in a formula. He wants us to trust in him. He wants a relationship with us. He wants his voice to be personal to us. He wants us to learn when he is speaking by knowing him, by recognizing his voice. He wants us to rely on relationship, not means or method, when communicating with him. He wants us to know his voice from spending time with him. I spend a lot of time with my wife, and so when my wife calls me, I don't need to rely on the caller ID or ask who's on the other end of the line. I know her voice. She only has to say a few words or just a hello, and I know it's her. Now, I have been wrong a few times because both of my daughters have learned to sound very much like my wife on the phone, and they like to trick me because they're mean. But I've learned to see through that too most, most of the time. They're, they're really pretty good. But friends, I feel like hearing from God starts with believing that he is speaking to us. Not just pastors, not just your friend that seems to have a, a tight relationship with him or seems to hear clearly, but you, each one of you. He speaks to us all. I don't know how many times over the years I've spoken with people and they've made a statement something like this. God doesn't talk to me like he talks to you. Or I just don't hear God. Friends, God is speaking to you. Trust me. Last week, Kara shared the message that God loves you and that everything he does is out of love for you. So what good father ignores his kids? Guys, Jesus is our perfect father and he wants to speak to you. He loves you and he is speaking. I think the biggest issues that most people have in hearing God are believing that he's speaking to you, understanding what he says, believing what he says, and obeying what he says. And I also think that as we grow in discernment and hearing from him, we progress through these steps and we often backslide. Step one, believing. Okay, got it. I believe it. I believe he's speaking to me, so I know that I hear from him. Then we go on to the next step. Okay, God said something to me. I know I heard it, but I don't understand. That's one we can get hung up on sometimes, and I can share a, a recent example of this in my own life, and I'm still chewing on this one, so you know, if you get any revelation, let me know. <clears throat> so I recently redid all the flooring on the main floor of my house, I removed some damaged wood in the kitchen, ripped out all the carpet, and I installed luxury vinyl plank throughout the main floor. It was desperately needed. The carpet was, was shot. So in the middle of this project, as I'm on my knees, knees are throbbing, back is hurting, I'm sweating a lot like now, um, I heard Jesus say, you are doing all of this for someone else's benefit. And I'm like, okay. God, I know you speak to me. I know it was you that just said that. And I know what you said, but what do you mean? What do you mean it's all for someone else's benefit? So my first thought is, okay, am I supposed to sell my house after I finish this or what, right? I don't, I don't want to move. You've heard me. I've told my wife I'm just going to die here. I don't ever want to move again. Moving is terrible. 
It is terrible. Have you ever moved? It's terrible. So, yeah, so he and I are still chatting about that one. I'm currently choosing to believe he meant something that doesn't involve me moving, but we'll see. Now, that said, at some point, I know that he'll make it clear to me what he meant by that. Then I have to believe it. And then the last and hardest part is I have to obey what he says. So depending upon the situation, we can all backslide through this process. We believe God speaks to us, but we don't understand, so we just dismiss it. Eh, he must not have been speaking to me. That, what, what I heard doesn't make any sense at all. Or maybe we understand, but we don't believe it. You want me to do what, God? Okay, but, but how? I, I can't do that. I don't see how you can do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're God. You can do anything, but all the things that would have to happen to make that come about, I just, I don't know. And so we put God in a box or we lack faith. We don't understand or we understand, but we don't believe. And so we get stuck in this place of, I, I hear you, but I don't believe that. Or maybe we go even further and we say to ourselves, I must be crazy. That couldn't have been God speaking to me because it just makes no sense and I don't see how that could be. And so we go all the way back to, I'm not hearing from God again. Or maybe we get through all of those first phases and get stuck on obeying. Okay, I'm doing it for someone else's benefit. You want me to sell my house? Okay. How could I afford to buy another house in this market? Where am I going to go? What? We just have all these questions. And we, we fail to trust him, and we fail to adjust our plans and our life to what Jesus is doing. Sometimes we use the old, you're breaking up trick. Like, hello, Jesus. Yeah, how you doing? Good, yeah, me too. You want to what? You, you want me to what? <coughs> sorry, sorry, Jesus. What was that? I think we have a bad connection. You'll get up for chip, click. We've all done that, right? I've done that. The believe and obey part does become easier when you remember who Jesus is, when you have a strong relationship with him, and when you trust him. Going back to Kara's message again last week, he loves you, and everything that he does is out of love for you. His plans are not our plans. His ways are not our ways. They are so much better than our plans and so much better than our ways. We can trust that whatever God is speaking, whatever he's asking of us, it's for our good. It's out of love. Another thing that we do to convince ourselves that we don't hear from God is we ask him for signs. Jesus, if this is you, have a circus clown do backflips across Austin Avenue right now. No? Well, if I see that, I'll know it's you, Lord. We look for, for open doors and closed doors as signs of his will. In Revelation 3, 7, it says this, Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Philadelphia, for these are the solemn words of the Holy One, the true one, who has David's key, who opens doors that none can shut, and who closes doors that none can open. I've heard people reference this and look at open and closed doors as, as God's leading or will. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, friends, that this is dangerous thinking. 
Why? Not because I, I don't believe what the scripture says. God can open doors that no one can shut and shut doors that no one can open, no doubt. But less important than the state of a door is what God says. In his word, he doesn't promise that everything will be easy. The easy path is not necessarily God's will. His promise is that he'll be with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But the reality, friends, is trials will come, and the hard road has to be walked sometimes. But we have to trust God, and we have to look to him in all things, not just the ease of the path. He goes so far as to tell us that we should count trials as all joy. In James 1, 2 through 4, it says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It's faith. It's trust in him, not the ease of the road. Look at the Israelites in the promised land. There were giants in the land, right? That looks like a closed door. But what did God say? He said to go in and take it. God would have opened the door to victory if they would have trusted him. If they would have trusted what he said and not what they saw. This is why it's so important that we learn to hear from God. He can speak all manner of ways as I've gone over. And yes, I do think he can speak through circumstance, but knowing his voice and hearing his voice, knowing that he is speaking, understanding what he is saying, and believing what he has said and then doing it is vital. Because of what looked like a closed door, the Israelites missed out on God's promise for 40 years. Friends, I don't want to miss out on his promises for a second. So as I start to wrap up today, I just want to share some of the ways that God speaks to me. And I want to share some practical stuff that I've learned along my walk with Jesus. God speaks in many different ways, as we've discussed, but my hope in sharing this is that perhaps you would see in the ways that he speaks to, we, to me some of the ways that maybe he's speaking to you. Now, some of it's hard to explain, but I will do my best. So God does speak to me in dreams and visions. In Joel 2, 28 and 29, it says, It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit on those days. So I get dreams, but I also get visions, so I'm not old. Maybe middle-aged. I get both. I can live with middle-aged. And honestly, I get more visions than dreams, and I'm not just saying that because I don't want to be old. But the visions that God gives me, they vary, but generally involve a static picture that Jesus will then explain with words, or sometimes like a mini-movie. Other times, instead of words, there'll be feelings. I'll see an image, and I'll feel an emotion, love or joy or sadness. It just depends. Just last week, God gave me a little mini-movie, kind of a God gif, if you will, of a wide-open faucet flowing with water. And at first I thought, okay, it's Baptism Sunday. But then God spoke and said, I never run dry. I am the fountain of life, living water. Soak me in today. 
just an example of some of the things that he shows me. <clears throat> Sometimes God will speak to me by having something rapidly catch my eye. I'll just be looking around and something will just quickly catch my eye, a person or something. And so I'll just kind of stay locked in on whatever it is that's got my attention and then God will speak something. I know I shared this story recently as well, but there was a church service and there was a young woman in that service that caught my eye in that way. And I was like, okay, what do you want to say, Lord? And God just asked me to go pray for her. Now, I didn't because I wanted all the details. I wanted all the next steps. So I missed that opportunity. God often only gives us step one and then waits for us to be obedient before we get the next steps. But that's one of the ways that he speaks to me. He'll, he'll just catch my attention. <clears throat> now, I know Marcus talked about this a lot, and he usually references the, the booming Sean Connery voice. I know this is very uncommon, but one time in my life, I did hear the audible voice of God. It's only happened once, and honestly, it was quite startling. I was extremely frustrated with my job at the time. I was on call 24-7, I worked way too many hours. I missed way too much time with my wife and my oldest daughter, who was an infant at the time. And I was pacing and praying in the hallway of our townhome, asking God to fix the problem. And I only heard one word, audibly, and he said, why? And it stopped me in my tracks, guys. It kind of freaked me out. But then he continued to speak, and he said, why would I do that? when you haven't done what I've asked of you. See, I, I felt like God had gone silent on the subject. I'd been praying about it for quite a long time, and he kind of had, but it's because he had already told me what to do, and I just didn't obey. The answer hadn't changed, so I felt like I wasn't hearing him, but in reality, I just wasn't obeying him. That was a tough lesson, but, but one that is good to remember. If you feel like God's not speaking or you're praying and you're not hearing from him, think back to the last thing he said to you. Did he ask something of you? Did you do it? You might find that it's not God who's ignoring you, but you who are ignoring God. There are <clears throat> many, many ways that he speaks to me, but the most common is, is internal. The best way to describe it is he speaks in thoughts in my mind. So I might, I might have a thought like, I love my wife. She is so awesome, because she is. Or God may speak into my thoughts and say, I love you so much, or well done. Or hey, that guy over there, I love that guy. Would you just go let him know for me? This is the most common way that he speaks to me, and I imagine to many of you as well. But this can be tricky, because the enemy speaks in the same way. And then we have our own thoughts and Jesus speaking, and it can get a little messy. So how do you sort all that out? Well, I often say that one of the ways I know that it's Jesus is that he is really smart, and he knows things that I don't. And so when I have a thought that's just really, really brilliant, I know it's Jesus. <clears throat> Guys, he's helped me solve countless problems at work with machines and computers and whatever. See, y'all think I'm just like really smart and talented, but I just listen to Jesus. That's the reality. Galen, if you could come up. So 
another way that I, that I sort this out is I listen to what is said and the perspective it's coming from. Is it loving? Is it in alignment with God's word and his heart? Is it condemning? Am I hearing I or am I hearing you? So I'll use some examples. I blew it. I really messed that up. Me, Jesus, or the enemy? Sounds like me. I'm pretty hard on myself. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a nine wing one, which is a peacemaker perfectionist, and that perfectionist wing friends can can be rough. <laughs> I can be my own worst enemy. But notice the statements. I blew it. I messed up. Okay, what about this? You blew it. You really messed that up. Me, Jesus, or the enemy? Most likely the enemy. I don't refer to myself as you. The you messages kind of help me discern when this when it's not my thoughts. I mean, unless you're like Disco Stew. You know, if you're familiar with Disco Stew, that guy. Disco Stew likes disco music. If you speak about yourself in the third person, this discernment technique may not be helpful for you, but you should get help. I'm just going to say that. Okay, moving on. How about you are awesome? I'm so proud of you. Sounds like Jesus, right? Confirming, loving. So here's, here's a tricky one. Here's where it can get a little tricky. How about I blew it? I really messed that up. I shouldn't have said that to John. I didn't mean it. I was just mad. John will probably never talk to you again. You're such a terrible person. You could go apologize, but it's too late. He'll never forgive you. This is what I call the enemy piling on. It starts off with your own thoughts, you being hard on yourself, and then the enemy takes advantage of that. And he starts condemning you. Did you notice the shift from I to you? This is just something that's helped me discern when the enemy's trying to tear me down versus, you know, my own thoughts or whatever. Okay, one last one. You shouldn't have said that to John. You didn't really mean that. You need to go apologize to him. Me, Jesus, or the enemy? Well, I heard you, so I know it's not me. It's corrective, but loving, not condemning. So it doesn't sound like the enemy. The Holy Spirit convicts us. It's part of his job. And Jesus corrects those that he loves. So he will correct us. So I know it can be tricky. But, but thinking about what is said and the perspective that has been said in has helped me. And it gets easier the longer you walk with the Lord and the more you get to know him and his heart and his voice. You can just tell beyond that. But guys, the the message here is this. God speaks. And he speaks to all of us. He's speaking to you. And it's vital to our Christian walk that we hear his voice, that we know when he is speaking, that we believe what he said, and that then we do what he's asked of us. So friends, let's trust that he is speaking to us. 
Let's be patient in understanding what he is saying. Don't dismiss it just because we don't understand. Keep asking questions. Keep looking for clarity. Let's believe in what he has said, even if it seems impossible or if it's bigger than you. Nothing is impossible for God. And let's be quick to obey what he says. He loves you, and it's for your good. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you speak, that you have always spoken to your people. You spoke then, and you, and you speak now. And Father, I just thank you for this series as you've just continued to help us learn to hear from you better. Because we know that we serve a loving Father who wants to speak to his kids. So Lord, I just pray um, for just clarity and hearing for everyone in this place that as they continue to seek your face and to listen for your voice, that it would just become ever more clear day after day after day as they walk with you, Lord. You are so good, Jesus. We thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning, friends. We're going to close out the service, and I'll leave us with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an awesome week, guys. See you next week.